This is part two of a two-part interview with Dr. Fatima Khan, a menopause specialist, where we discuss how menopause and hormonal imbalances affect women's career from as early as mid-30s. I go into more detail about Fatima's training in my introduction on part one, which is episode 26 of the Job Hunting Podcast. And I encourage you to go back to that episode and listen to it first before you continue to listen to this episode. After quite a few weeks of podcasts focusing squarely on COVID-19, the interview with Fatima turned out to be an absolute winner. Downloads were through the roof. So thank you so much to everyone who has been listening. And I've also received calls, emails and messages of support. I love it when this happens, when I take somewhat of a risk because, frankly, I wasn't sure if it was the right time to launch a podcast interview about menopause. But it did pay off and it shows that we are somewhat in tune with each other and thank you for giving me the feedback as well. Good or bad, it's always good to hear from you because this way I can always make sure that the episodes that I am posting for you are of interest to you and something that you are looking forward to listening to. So I love when I get ideas from you. Always keep in touch with me. And talking about feedback, I'd really appreciate if you could take a moment and leave this podcast a review on iTunes. iTunes reviews are really important for searchability of a podcast episode and podcast shows. It's what makes a podcast popular and easy to find for others around the globe who may be experiencing the same issues you are and would really benefit from listening. So please pay it forward. Give my podcast a five-star review and write a review as well. It would mean the world to me and it would really help a fellow job hunter somewhere around the globe. You may not know this, but we have listeners from all over the world. Less than half of my listeners are from Australia, where I am from. The rest is spread around the globe, from Africa to the Caribbean islands, Europe and Asia. It's truly fascinating to receive the statistics every week. It shows that career planning and job hunting are truly universal topics. And despite a few regional and cultural adjustments, which I'm assuming that the listener will be able to make, there's a whole lot of techniques and strategies that are truly universal and easy to apply anywhere you are. The way to give a five-star rating and review on iTunes is to scroll to the bottom of the podcast link and tap to rate the five stars and then select to write a review. From the desktop, you can do that as well. You can go to the show notes and there will be a link there for you to follow. But the problem I find these women, a lot of them, they come to me with two things, either with premenstrual tension, mm. uh, which is again, they don't recognize that I am giving it a diagnosis, but in their mind, they're not coping. In their mind, they're being overwhelmed. In their mind, they're not performing. They're making wrong decisions. They're being irrational or being called aggressive by some of their male colleagues. And it's because they're not really journaling where uh, they are in their cycle. So if that's the first thing they can do, that's really important to know how to manage your mood, mm. uh, your emotional and mental well-being, which is directly linked to your performance at work yes. and vice versa. So if you're, if you're stressed at work, that impacts your hormones. And if you're, if you're not aware of what's going on in your cycle, that will impact your work performance.
I'm Renata Bernardi. If you are new to this podcast, this is the Job Hunting Podcast. And the aim of this podcast is to help you nail your next job and have the career you want. If you are currently on the market looking for a new job, or if you want tips on how to advance and change careers, make sure that you follow this podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, or better still, you can sign up for the Reset Your Career community on my website. There will be a link on the show notes and I will send the new episode to you every week. On my website, you will find previous podcast episodes, videos of my life coaching sessions, a TV interview that I did recently. You can sign up to the Reset Your Career community and get my kit of essential resources for job hunters for free. You can also check my coaching services and my online course, which is called The Job Hunting Made Simple. And when you sign up for the Reset Your Career, I will send you essential resources for job hunters, which include a masterclass, a guide for you to start job hunting, an email template for you to contact recruiters and so on. This is all the essential kit and tool sets that you will need to get yourself job hunting and planning your next career steps. If you have not listened to previous episodes of this podcast, we recently have done a series of COVID-related episodes that you may want to listen as soon as possible. In fact, to make things simpler for you, I have put together a list of essential COVID resources for job hunters and work-from-home professionals. They include the podcasts that are most relevant for this point in time, the life coaching sessions that I've done about COVID, additional articles and specially curated links to help you keep on top of what's important to know right now as a corporate professional, as we prepare ourselves for future job interviews and to adjust our career plans. There is a link to those resources on the episode show notes. Okay, so in this part two of the interview with Dr. Fatima Khan, we talk about the stress that comes from juggling career and family life, from deciding when and if to have kids and considering if you will be able to cope with it all. It's palpable how much Fatima is concerned about women's well-being and her concern about how stress and anxiety is impacting not only our career progression, but our overall health. Fatima worries that right when we reach the career levels that we aspire, we encounter the stigma of women not being effective leaders or decision makers. Her goal is to ensure hormonal imbalances are not affecting women at this time, that they are under control so women feel in control. I interviewed Fatima at the very beginning of COVID, so I also had the opportunity to ask her about the anxiety and stress brought about by the lockdown and how it can impact us as well. In the episode show notes, we've prepared a list of all of the tips and advice that she gives during the podcast interview, so make sure that you go to the episode show notes to have a look at that. I hope you enjoy this final interview with Fatima. If you want to talk to Fatima and have a consultation with her, the links to her medical practice is also in the episode show notes. Without further ado, have a great time listening to this interview. Ciao for now. Ah, this is fantastic. The other group of women that I wanted to ask you about, and you mentioned, you know, they don't come to me at the right age. And because I see quite a few of them, you know, the women in their 30s, and I will 
tell you a little bit about the sort of issues that they have. They may be at the point in their careers where they're so anxious about not having achieved what they wanted to achieve in their careers, but also they haven't really started a family yet. Mm-hmm. So they're in that kind of in-between situation and that making that is making them so stressed and so anxious. So they seek coaching support to reach that next level in their career so that they can then have kids. Mm. <laughs> and it's, it's a hard one for me because having done that myself, I know how hard it is to actually be in a, lead, a new leadership role and then having to go out on a maternity leave and then come back. You know, so I try to navigate that with them and, and then develop a long-term career plan, a plan that, that is not about the next five years, but it's about the next 30 years so that they can have a better helicopter view of their lives and put things mm. into perspective a little bit more because that short-termism is really stressing them out. Mm. What would you recommend women of that age to do for their well-being and if, is there any sort of opportunity for them to get support from you as a, a practitioner as well for them to see you so i mean i think in in generally in this age group it it's i mean i understand a lot of them necessarily don't have haven't met that tick box list you know which was have get married have the kids and that's not in 30 now that's really happening in women in women who are in their late 30s and early 40s, which is actually a good thing in terms of career progression because they can really focus on their career and get to the post and a stage where they want to get to and then focus on finding that partner and having children. But the problem I find these women, a lot of them, they come to me with two things, either with premenstrual tension, Mm. Uh, which is again, they don't recognize it. I am giving it a diagnosis, but in their mind, they're not coping. In their mind, they're being overwhelmed. In their mind, they're not performing. They're making wrong decisions. They're being irrational or being called aggressive by some of their male colleagues. And it's because they're not really journaling where uh, they are in this cycle. Yes. So if that's the first thing they can do, that's really important to know how to manage your mood. Mm. Uh, your emotional and mental well-being, which is directly linked to your performance at work, yes. and vice versa. So if you're if you're stressed at work, that impacts your hormones, and if you're if you're not aware of what's going on in your cycle, that will impact your work performance. And the women who do really well are those women who are very mindful, who are very connected, because mm. they understand what my body's needs are, and, and they will reshape their environment to meet those needs. And similarly, mm. when they know what their work needs are, they will be able to work around and adjust their mental and physical health to kind of mold around their work needs. Yeah. In terms of advice for fertility, did you want to ask? or No, it's really managing stress levels and yeah. managing their, because the fact that they're so stressed is impacting their career progression, you know? I'm not a counselor or a life coach. I'm a career coach, but I can Mm. see how stressful that whole conundrum that they find themselves in is impacting their career progression because they want career progression so badly and so quickly, but they're also so stressed that their narrative and their body language and their behavior is 
and it, it is not really helping them yeah. perform well at work. So, I mean, I go always go back to that framework of they all need to journal daily, which I've already gone through the framework because otherwise they don't recognize and become aware. The first step for, I, I bet you, if you took 10 women, eight of, them, eight of them don't even recognize that they're suffering from stress. And yeah. they're just compensating by, it's their partners who notice it, it's their children who notice it, it's their friends yeah. who notice it. Yeah. So the first step is awareness and yeah. conscious awareness, bringing your attention with journaling is fantastic and yeah. linking it to menstruation is even better. Mm. The second thing I get these women to do also is to take the supplements, especially if they're not going to take it throughout, magnesium, herbs, fish oil, and a B complex is very good for your body's stress response. Mm, So it helps build your body's resilience. It helps build your kind of focus and concentration. So you're not having to work as hard when you're feeling exhausted. And then the exercise again needs to be altered. I think we're all going to the gym, which is great or exercising, but when these aren't what I call rehabilitative exercises, they are actually stealing away your kind of stress reserve. So when times are hard, your body can't cope. So I tend to say them, great, do cardio twice a week, but you need to do weight training. You need to do yoga, especially if you're stressed, you need to do more rehabilitative Pilates, yoga. And if you really want to go to the gym, then I want you to do a HIIT workout or do weights. Changing the workout is really important because a lot of the younger generation are really doing lots of excessive high intensity workouts, which depletes them of this energy. So we've talked about supplements. We've talked about changing their exercise regime, journaling. Finally, I think a lot of people, as you talked about having perspective, they've lost that connection uh, and purpose and meaning to their life in terms of it's not just about work. Life is more than just turning up to work, taking a check pay and getting that you know, medal that you got to that executive. Life is about having a meaning and purpose, which is outside of work. And we all know that comes from things like connection. And that connection is for doing something for someone in the community, someone in the family, because when we focus on trying to connect and doing things as an act out of act of kindness, the focus becomes on something else. It's not me, me, because being me and focusing on me is actually quite a lot of hard work and it doesn't give you a sense of satisfaction. And then we become quite critical and judgmental. And that's the problem. Now there's this, there's this expectation of constantly performing and we're not meant to do that. Okay. It's a very corporate view about, We're all about production, productivity, performance, consumption. And as humans, those are not our needs. As humans, we need to focus on our physical, emotional, but our heart. And heart Mm. and the sense of contentment, fulfillment, the sense of relief comes from when we're trying to connect with ourselves, but also people in the community and doing an act of kindness. You know, kindness is almost contagious when we try and do things for other people without thinking of gain for ourselves. It actually is food for the soul. It makes you yes. give a sense of satisfaction. You know what? I've done something great today, which has no uh, materialistic value for me, but 
it's essential to treat that sense of stress and that sense of purpose and meaning to your life. And I feel mm. like that's the problem. They're under so much pressure of their existence and validating their existence through tangible materialistic things, the page, yes. the house, the nice car, the nice bag, or whatever things they need to do. But there's more to life than just this. And if you speak to all the people who are much more mature and older, work was one aspect of their life. Their contentment comes from connecting and giving because that's yes. when we feel our most relaxed and we've got a sense of purpose in life. And the narrative has to change as well. And I think that's the main thing. We, we, we need to learn to evolve, but you can only evolve when you self-reflect. And self-reflection is hard. You know, no one wants to... It's hard work because you need to think and you need to look at what you can do better and how you can do... How, what you can improve and, you know... That's the hardest thing I do because I have a seven-step framework that I use with my clients. I've been using the same framework for years and the self-reflection is the first week. And, and I tried to move that to, let's say, the third week because they are so reluctant to do that self-reflection right at the beginning of the program. And I have feared that I would lose my clients. Yeah. But you know what happens? Once they actually complete the program and I asked for the, I asked for their feedback, that's the, that's the part that they liked, you know, yes. looking back, you know, when they can look back, then they see the value of it, but getting them into it is like pulling teeth. <laughs> it's so reason, that's probably the most fundamental thing. Cause the reason why they can't get that job or the reason why they can't, right. the relationship's not working is because they're not self-reflecting. Because when we self-reflect, we're able to have better perspective and evolve on a daily basis and be like, okay, well, you know what? I was slightly out of order. That was my fault. Maybe I need to change. And, and we don't, you know, so I think people are evolving. Those mindsets are changing. But until we look inwards and not look outwards for help, because, you know, we can all help ourselves. We need to start by looking inwards, helping ourselves, Help is always, opportunities are there, everything's always there. So you need to change your perception and the lens you're using to look at these things and see actually, what is it that I can do to change and evolve? And I'm a completely different person to in my 20s and my 30s and now I'm in 40s and I'm completely different to this process of self-reflection, which I've only really started in the last five to six years. And prior to that, I thought I knew everything and there was nothing wrong with me. <laughs> But Fatima, we've been forced into self-reflection mode now. Like the, the whole structure of our world has completely collapsed. And this is the time when we can self-reflect. I still have been getting prospect clients calling me and asking me to help them just write a resume. And I don't do that. You know, I only write resumes if you are a CEO of A and you want to be a CEO of B. Or if you are a, you know, up and coming, you're a financial controller and you want to be a CFO, that's, if you, that means you already know what you want. I don't do resume writing services for people that are completely lost, you know, mm -hmm. and, and not, not having any direction because I can't promise that they will have any results from it. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
what's the point of charging people money to do something that's quite expensive if it's not going to get them a job or an interview? So I say no to that. And I said, I say to them, this is not the time. Nobody's actually going to be looking at this properly. The only jobs that are advertised right now are fruit pickers, you know, shop fitters, people to work in, you know, urgent emerging areas. This is not for you. My, my clientele is usually middle managers to senior managers. Mm. And I am asking them, stay still for the next two to three weeks, you know, and do some self, do some grieving, some self-reflection, and then some analysis and learning of where the world is going, because Mm. your career might need to change and adjust before you start networking. Every company is actually transformed and readjusting to working from home. They're not advertising roles at the moment. Just wait a couple of weeks if not a month or two before you get your narrative right for this new world of work that we're moving into yeah but But i think it's also for your patience i was going to say for your audience i think this is also the time to manage the anxiety and stress with doing things for kindness so saying actually you know what i'm going to go and help my grandmother and those people and i'm going to dedicate two evenings to going and supplying some grocery for my neighbors yes diverting that attention from self and lack of self lack of achievement lack of this i'm not good enough i haven't got a job how am i going to pay my bills to actually doing something which they can control which is acts of kindness and at this point you know in england they've got a big volunteer service signing up so so many people i know are signing up as volunteers to go and deliver food or help some other lady or help someone else because they need lots of people to just help out for the people who are in isolation. So there are things that they can do to keep themselves occupied and they feel like there's a sense of need for them in this world and they'll feel a lot more, slightly more content, I guess. And more connected as well to what's... Yeah, and I think going back grounded. to the majority of my patients from 20 to 35 are on anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety depression was at that age. That's because they haven't got any sense of purpose. Like I had a huge connection to family, community. My mom made us volunteer for free <laughs> and, and give things and help people out and cook for people and cook for your neighbors and do all of this stuff. And now, you know, in this in this materialistic world where we have to, justify every single thing we're doing and we're not going to do anything unless we're remunerated for it Mm. that's not how humans thrive yeah you might have all the success in the world but you'll be really unhappy yeah and i see that all the time with people with fancy like you know i have i've had a huge wealthy clientele in london and they're just missing that soul, that thing in their life, which is purpose to really doing things to make a difference in other people's life. That gives us ultimate fulfillment in life. Oh, Fatima, I'm so glad you mentioned this because I have two questions that I want to finish off. But, you know, I think they're going to be, I really want to know what you have to say about these two things that have a lot to do with kindness and having purpose outside of work. One of them has to do with this situation that we find ourselves now in the middle of a COVID pandemic and most of us in lockdown mode around the world, not just um, in Australia, but everywhere. 
by the time this podcast is out, this episode is out, I am assuming we will still be in that same situation. And I feel in my friend's voice, in my client's voice, the stress and anxiety that they're feeling. I also have a lot of clients that have just lost their jobs recently, immediately before the pandemic or because of the uh, situation that we find ourselves in. And w I wanted you to tell me if you have any advice or any kind of knowledge of what that does to your stress. I'm assuming it would be equivalent to being in a war situation, right? Where you're, it's complete uncertainty and volatility and ambiguity and you're feeling threatened and stressed. What does that do to your hormones and your body? So, I mean, number one, it's important to reassure people that feeling anxious is a normal reaction. Mm -hmm. So it's important to acknowledge that then to numb that emotion because that shows that your body's doing its job. Yeah. And our body's job is to protect us. So when we are hearing that we might lose a job or we might not have a job and might in future for the next few months not be able to get a job or pay the bills, those thoughts create fear in our body. And fear is telling our body that you, there's imminent danger. So the response that we get from a negative news is the same thing as running away from a tiger. So we haven't evolved evolutionary. We are still in caveman days where if I'm scared, my body thinks I'm going to get eaten by a lion. So I go into fight or flight mode, which basically means cortisol, which is a stress hormone pumped out throughout your body. People's dilated blood pressure goes up, blood gets diverted to your muscles away from your gut immune system is deprived, digestion is again slowed down. So at the moment with the COVID crisis, we're all living in fight or flight, but we're in the state constantly. So you can imagine that constant state of fear and result anxiety is suppressing your immune function further because of course when you're trying to run away from a tiger you don't care about immune system you know yeah. the aim is to survive the aim is to run away you're going to get bloated and indigestion because you're not worried about that you just want to run and save your life and it's difficult because our mind has a habit and also it's designed to do this to have a negative bias so when things are negative and you're fearful it will pick on anything that's negative so you will exaggerate the smallest negative thing so if there's no food or there's no toilet paper people start panicking that's a sign thinking there's not enough food and then it's like oh my god we're in danger and people are stockpiling and that's a normal reaction and we will start focusing on the doom and gloom and the catastrophe of these crises and the reality is if you breathe stop disconnect to the news that's the first thing you need to do yeah. only look at the news once a day yeah go back to your basic routine of getting up in the morning doing all the things you did get ready take a shower sit in front of the laptop start working from home do the things that you would do and you watch the news once a day because you can do all the right things but if you're watching news every hour that is programming your brain that we're in imminent danger yeah and that's the worst thing we can do in this crisis because we want our immune systems to be stronger mm -hmm. an immune system 
is is most optimal when we're in a rest or repair, which is a parasympathetic, which comes from when we're just completely relaxed. So how do we make ourselves relaxed? Lots of mindfulness, lots of breathing exercises. And also when we are doing things that, again, connect us, give us purpose, give us meaning. So if there's something you enjoy, dancing, putting on the music, if you like cooking, cooking, because these are activities where your brain switches off and starts focusing on these moments because this is something you enjoy. And it's a task that you have to focus on. So puzzle making. I have lots of puzzles now with my daughter that I'm planning to do. Uh, Lego is fantastic for mindfulness. All these things to try and get you into rest or repair because the reality is that we're coming to the flu season (laughs) And majority of, are going to, majority of us are going to get a flu-like illness. And majority yes. of us will get a mild COVID-like illness. Mm-hmm. So how do we prepare for that? And preparing for that is to be in this, in this kind of rest-repair state, which is moving away from anxiety. So all those things that I mentioned, but again, you need to be taking your magnesium, your B-complex, and a vitamin C is really important in the winter sea. We know vitamin C really, really helps. Mm-hmm. So 1,000 milligrams a day is fantastic. And if you're finding you're getting a bit sick, you can take up to three times a day. And I've seen so many people say to me, my sore throat went after two days. But it needs to be a liposomal vitamin C because a vitamin C otherwise is water soluble and you pee it out. So that's about it. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. No, I think it was very good to hear that. And it's really interesting because even though I know I can rationalize and understand that I need to manage this rationally, my body still reacts the way that it wants to react. So I'm actually quite good at mindfulness and meditation Mm. and keeping up a routine, but I have felt really bloated recently and my diet hasn't changed yes and you just mentioned that and I'm like oh yes that's the reason why wow okay so it's interesting you say that so this is where I'm going to conflict and give some conflicting advice so I think normally I would say don't do running but I found that I was getting and I'm someone who's not very worried because I know we are going to get through this crisis nothing in life is permanent okay we in a few months are going to come out back to being normal because that's just the way life is it's dynamic yeah and we are we have ups and downs and this is a phase that we're just slightly going in the roller coaster and plummeting down but we're going to get back up yeah but it's important to have the optimistic view but what i found myself was looking in the news because i've got lots of family back in the uk and getting completely overworked. And I realized this isn't me. And I sit on a desk most of the day. And I normally do Pilates or yoga. But what I've started doing now is because my body, I feel, is so tense and tight. Me too. Yeah. She started going for a bit of a run. Yeah. yeah. I and feel the same. I feel the same. I need, I need to release the energy somehow. Energy. Yeah. And so yeah. when I go for that little bit of run, I'm not going for an hour run. I'm going for a 20-minute sprint run. And I come back. I actually feel amazing. My body feels exhausted. It feels relaxed. Because you're storing all that cortisol, as I said to you. It all, everything gets ready to run. Yeah. So your muscles are really, really tight. So when you go for that run, you've expensed that energy yeah. and you feel better. And I actually am not a runner, but I'm loving my run this week. Yeah. Good point. I find it's making me feel really calm and it gives you that serotonin rush. So serotonin is a happy hormone. So mm-hmm. in the evening, 
while most people are feeling, you know, gloomy and dead and tired, I'm like, I feel relaxed in my body because I've got rid of all the stress and I feel my serotonin. So I'm going on a high note to bed yeah. and I follow my sleep hygiene routine. And so I'm actually feeling good and sleeping better than I've ever done, despite all of this going on. Uh, I'll try that. I haven't been running, but I've been walking really fast, but yeah. I really need to possibly try that. Look, I know we're going to go over time, but I want to ask you this last question because it's such a controversial question, Fatima, and I wanted to get your views from, you know, like a, a clinician and a medical practitioner to see if there's anything we can add to this discussion. In the corporate sector, women often discuss this a lot, and it's the fact that some women find that female bosses are not as good mentors and coaches to them as they would have hoped. And quite the contrary, they might be even hindering their careers by creating barriers along the way for women coming up the, the corporate sector. And that's an ongoing discussion. And there are two two polarizing views on this some women think that this is not going to that that doesn't happen at all and others that truly believe that this is part of the psychic of being a female and it's part of kind of our instincts to protect our ourselves and i wanted to kind of ask you if you have a view on that or it is what it is we will never know yeah I think it's really important to have some compassion. I'm going to come at it from a different angle mm -hmm. because I see these women. So these women are really struggling in the 48 plus, the ones that are even CEOs and executives because they're going to what they call reverse puberty, okay? They're going through menopause, which is really, really challenging. It's not just insomnia and hot flushes. They have every single part of their body has an impact due to the hormone transition they're going through. This has an impact on their relationships at home. So we don't know. When we see someone at work, we see some executive turn up, but actually we need to, we don't understand. Why don't we try and put ourselves in their shoes? But the thing is a 35-year-old cannot do that. Because you don't, you cannot comprehend what they're going through. And if I just started saying you the symptoms other than hot flushes, but imagine waking up with a brain fog. You can't remember where you put your keys. You can't remember what day of the week it is. You can't yeah. focus. And with all the multiple symptoms. So they, I find the women who are going through it at that age lose perspective of the people around them and how to manage them. Their ability does get affected. Mm -hmm. but that's because they're going through a really difficult time. And you've got to understand if you took, you know, our CEO executive team, there's only like two in 10 women who get to that. So I think it's exaggerated. If yeah. all the executive team was say women, I'm sure half of them would be great leaders if they were managing their menopausal symptoms. But what happens in the executive team at the moment is, You'll have 10 members of the board, two would be females or one might be female who's having hot flushes and then gets bullied in the boardroom 
because you know she can't remember her presentation she's flustered she you know she's trying to look for that usb cable and all those things yeah. <laughs> so they're going through a really difficult time and i think that one woman that stereotype will stay with us until we get more women in the executive position number yeah. one to balance that one woman out because that one woman who's made it up there is probably not being looking after her symptoms very well and soon she won't even make it to CEO because she would have left her job yeah so that's my perspective on it yeah because that one woman is the stereotype of this monster because there's only one of them but if yeah. if you had 10 women going through those things we actually possibly could have a workplace which is more suitable for women going mm-hmm. through the change and tailor make it to their needs and also make it more aware and t- if we talked about it there was no taboo about it, then we would, we would say, you know, we would be more understanding and more compassionate. Oh, that's a wonderful way to finish off. I love it. Thank you, Fatima. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And I want us to, in the episode show notes, put a link to help women find you and come to you if they need help. If they're in Melbourne, they can come to you, right? Mm-hmm. So we, so I work at Agora Center. So you can find us on agorascenter.com.au. It's a specialist center at Epcot Hospital. We work in a multidisciplinary team. So I work with gynecologists and other colleagues of mine because that just makes it more convenient for patients if we need to get other kind of advice. I'm also started um, an Instagram account, which is quite interesting oh, we as will of definitely month. put the link on the episode show notes then yeah so <laughs> you can follow me on menopausespecialist.com.au on that and with the current crisis we have got the ability to do telehealth and oh. medicare is now giving rebates so a lot of people might be suffering especially with a lot of anxiety and mood disorders which again, antidepressants aren't going to help and you might need some specialist hormonal advice. You can all have rebates available. As of Monday, I understand that you can do uh, telehealth for all of them. And at the moment, currently we're doing it for certain select number of patients. Oh, wonderful. And if it's telehealth, then they can be all over Australia, basically. Yes. And we're doing video consultations. Yeah. So it's not just telephone. I think initial consultation is quite nice to have a video consultation. Yeah. So we're available and open for video consultation. And the more important thing is, you know, they get a rebate for that for Medicare, which is really important. Of course. Wonderful. Fatima, thank you so much for talking to me. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for having us. And I hope that your audience found this useful. And Oh, I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yes, I look forward to possibly doing more of these again, if there's any specific topic that you need me to talk on. Oh, absolutely. We'll have you over again for sure. Thanks, Fatima. Wonderful. Take care of yourself and keep safe.